I'm WSB's Clark Howard. Howard. From Dunwoody to Douglasville. Washington to Woodstock. Whatever and wherever there is. Severe weather, a traffic red alert, or breaking news. The WSB 24-hour breaking news center will break in. Depend on it. Now, Jamie Dupree with the latest breaking news from our nation's capital. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. He is Jamie Dupree. How are you, sir? Hello, Sean. How you doing? White House confirms nuclear talks deadline has been extended through June the 30th. Yeah, you know, the, the White House have been lowering their uh, the public expectations on these negotiations from talk of a general agreement to a general framework. And then at the briefing today, it was pretty clear to me reading between the lines that, uh, that Josh Ernest was saying, look, if uh, it wouldn't be a big deal to have more time. And, you know, I, I mean, doesn't it seem just a week ago, I think both you and I would have expected that there would have been a deal, that there would have been something announced at this point in time. But it definitely seems like these discussions have gone backwards over the last few it days. It seems that the Iranians just are insisting they get everything, everything they, they want. want. Yeah. And rather than walk away from a bad deal. Do you ever read uh, Trump's book, The Art of the Deal? Uh, no, but I can imagine what he might say about it. No, but it's 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 actually good. Common. No, that's what I meant yeah, uh, no, about his, in terms of negotiating. It, it, and it's very simple. He said, at any point in the process of making a deal, you have to be willing to walk away from the deal. And, you know, I tell people all the time, friends of mine that are like buying their home for the very first time, I said, you can't get emotionally attached to that home. There's always another home. There's always another place. You've got to look for a good investment considering a person's home is usually their biggest investment. And similarly, if you're going to negotiate with mullahs that last weekend were calling for death to America... Uh, maybe it's a good idea to be willing to walk away from the table and, and reapply the sanctions that you said you'd apply. Now, what the State Department is saying, uh, Marie Harf tweeted this out just a little well, while ago. Well, you mean the, the jobs for Jihadi Harf? That I'm one? sure she, she'd be your uh, your favorite person in a handy Yeah, if we want to end yes. terrorism, just give jobs for Jihadi. We need a jobs program for Jihadis. She says there are several, this is quoting here, difficult issues still remaining. Uh, quote, we've made enough progress in the last days to merit staying until Wednesday. So they're talking about at they least They said Wednesday, but talks. I looked at Josh Ernest, and if you look at the AP's coverage of this, the AP actually used the term a June 30th deadline. Well, they were talking about that that was going to be no matter what, that whatever happened today, yeah. it was clear that they weren't going to, you know, uh, to, to that's what I was saying, that there was going to be a general framework announced, you know, sort of what mm-hmm. we discussed in the last few days, a handshake. Uh, the latest AP News urgent is that there's been enough headway made to extend the talks to Wednesday, but behind the scenes, and even Josh Ernest said this today, that they would then spend a few months still hashing out details. So they're not even ready to sort of put out a couple of bullet points. Well, we agreed on these areas, and then will fill in the blanks in the months ahead. I think the Iranians need more time to yell at John Kerry. And John Kerry, please stop yelling at me. Did you know that John Kerry was quoted as saying that um, he was asked what the chances of a deal, an agreement being reached with Iran, and he responded in Arabic, inshallah, which means if Allah wills it. You know, let's think about it for a sense. You talked about Trump a minute ago. What if the Iranians are overplaying their hand here? I mean, what if what if they're asking for too much, and in the end it comes back to bite them, that they they could have what gotten do they a care? deal. Well, well, they only what, care what because they is, want the money so they can build the nuclear weapons. Exactly. So you could, I mean, what's what's something that we you would almost expect? I think a lot of people on the, on the sort of the the Republican side would think that the Iranians would yeah. sign something with the U.S. and hold their fingers behind. No, the it's back, not as far fetched as people may think off the t- off the surface because that's the way the North Koreans used to play us. The North Koreans would get everything they'd want and get the money, and then they'd uh, not not agree to their side, and then they'd come back asking for more money. 
Well, that's why I wonder, why wouldn't the Iranians just take the money the and, then, and and go and, and still do whatever they want to do? That's, no. you know, I, I wonder what's sort of going on there. I mean, but the, yes, at this point in time, we don't expect anything to be announced today. And obviously, this is going to drag on for a little while. Yeah, well, it's going to be a bad deal anyway, based on all of the preliminary leaks about what this deal is all about. You know, there's some uh, your colleagues in Washington, I think, are really off base here. I'm, I'm sure you read the political report today that Hillary's deleted emails are still retrievable. Oh, yeah. As we've discussed, I mean, I'm no expert on IT, but I would think that that's very true. But the longer that email server remains. Yeah, but the server is a physical thing, right? Yeah. As long as well, I would assume that somewhere electronically there's a there's a record of them as well, too. Well, there's got to be some physical thing that holds it, meaning the server. But as you want to know where that that server is. You can find that server with Jimmy Hoffa's dead body. (laughs) Well, what I was going to say is the longer that stays out. Uh, stays in their hands and away from it the would third be more difficult the Congress. It's more difficult every day. Yeah. Why do I believe that physical server is dead, gone, finished forever, not to be located ever again? Uh, well, there are. I think there are probably a lot of Republicans who believe that. I saw uh, uh, a lot of tweets to that uh, today. Well, the news on that front out of Congress today was the Benghazi committee chair, Trey Gowdy, has sent a letter to Clinton's lawyer inviting her to come in and provide what would be on the record behind closed doors uh, a, a tr- fully transcribed interview. So it would be, you know, it just it would be everything except no TV cameras, no radio coverage, no public coverage. But it would be all about asking questions about this unusual email setup while she was secretary of state. This doesn't happen that often for high-profile people who are witnesses before Congress, but it does happen in investigative-type hearings where lawmakers will bring in somebody who's a big witness and, in a sense, debrief them beforehand, get their story on the record, so then they can ask much more detailed queries in a public setting later on. At what point is she under oath? uh, You know, I don't know if... I would think that because it is on the record and transcribed, I would think that that's under oath behind closed doors, but I'm not 100% sure about whether that committee does would do that. Regardless, you, what you would have is I think, you know, Gowdy sort of being a, the prosecutor that he was wants to, in a sense, get a base of facts that you could stipulate to. And then you move from there. Because let's face it, if you just try to bring a, a witness in, in what's going to be a highly charged situation, there might be more histrionics and fireworks in the room, and it doesn't allow you to get to details. So they've given her until May the 1st to say whether or not she would do this. Who knows if she will or won't? But it seems to me the first in a long line of efforts by the Republicans to try to tighten the the, the string, in a sense, and bring her in and get her to talk about this more than just once before the committee. Yeah, I Look at the timeline in this, though, Jamie. I mean, the committee, she received a letter from the committee addressed to her requesting all information on Benghazi September 20th of 2012 didn't exactly jump up well she she said at the time that oh no problem I'll, I'll I'll cooperate and and she would you know because as the law says here and what Clinton did she created and operated the server she had access to her own communication she got the letter from the committee on on September 20th of 2012 so she didn't pass over anything to the committee all throughout the rest of 2012 or 2013, or 2014, and only in 2015 did she get the did they get the 850 pages that she first turned over to the State Department. Well, the Republicans certainly had a chance to uh, to ratchet it up if the if if it went that long, correct? Yeah. Well, I just wonder if there was a subpoena out for Sean Hannity's emails, and I waited all those years to hand over those emails, and I had my own private email server. Well, but remember, there was not a subpoena out until just the last few months, right? Okay. Or if I was told back in September of 2012, same thing, and that she, that I said I'd cooperate, and then she waits all these years to hand things over. 
I mean, there's something really amiss here. Well, sure, but if you're going to operate in a situation in a very difficult, uh, a highly charged situation like this and only send letters asking and not use the subpoena power of a committee, you're not going to get anywhere with just being nice. Well, that's true. I mean, in that sense, Republicans need to do their job. I, I, I actually totally, completely agree with that. Now, we have Mike Pence coming up at the top of the next hour. Can you believe... Did you read the uh, Glenn Kessler, the the fact check Pinocchio guy in the Washington Post today about? I did. He gave, I think, one Pinocchio to Pence. Yeah, one Pinocchio, because he's literally parsing every single solitary word, comparing the Illinois law law that Obama supported as a state senator and the law that was passed in Indiana. I mean, there are differences. Pretty insignificant, in my opinion. I guess the only thing I didn't understand how significant it was is that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've read today, that the Indiana law would allow claims person uh, against person, and a government entity would not have to be involved. That was the only distinction. That's that's that was the the only real, real, real distinction. But I think the spirit of what Pence was saying was 100 percent accurate because the laws are very similar. There's 19 other states that have those laws. And then Bill Clinton, and we'll play this again later in the program, Bill Clinton signed this, uh, a federal law back in 93 and made I the exact same case that, that Indiana Governor Pence is making. How it's did, not exactly the same text again, though. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't have that same situation of the person versus person or entity versus person. It, it, it doesn't have something that allows you. Uh, it, it must involve the government is the way that I understand it. You really think that's a big deal? The people that I've been reading today who are legal experts, I am not. They say that is a big deal. I don't know if it is. Uh, obviously, Pence is under a lot of heat. Uh, he t- stood up there and, and tried to push back today. I don't know if it's, you know, if the changes, I mean, you listen to some of the opponents of the law. They say similar changes should have been made beforehand and the Republicans didn't like them. You know, this is one of those interesting stories. It just sort of comes out of nowhere and jumps up in a time when the Congress is gone, when everybody's gone uh, from here in D.C. and grabs an awful lot of headlines. I'm yeah. going to be interested to see where it goes because there's, you know, Republicans have been looking in a few other states to do a very similar thing, but in some they've backed off. No, well, we should see which way this thing goes. It's going to be very interesting. Hillary's poll numbers are down. Did you notice that? Yeah, the new Q poll that came out today had some interesting numbers. A, her numbers are definitely have definitely slid in the last few months in some key swing states in Pennsylvania, Florida, and Ohio. At the same time, for example, in Ohio, she still beats every one of the major Republicans. Uh, the only Republican that beat her in Pennsylvania was Rand Paul. I thought that, that was, was an interesting. interesting poll, right? Yeah, and then the 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 leading Republican in Florida was Jeb Bush. Uh, Hillary's uh, approval numbers have definitely come down. But then you have a couple of Republicans in there who have terrible approval numbers, approval, disapproval, like Chris Christie. His numbers were not very good at all. Yeah. And so even even as she slid a little, she's still up there. But, yeah, I don't think you you can't ignore for now the red flags. But it was an interesting little snapshot of where we are at this point in time. And, of course, with Marco Rubio ready to get into the race in two weeks and Rand Paul coming next week. And I got an email last night from Mike Huckabee saying that he's going to make his decision in the next couple of uh, he months. He emailed you spring. personally? Huckabee? No. No, it was his group or whatever. But, no. I, you know, I just thought it was interesting to see that he decided he needed to get that message out. Uh, this, I'm running, this, too. I'm, I may run. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure that, you know, he ran before. Uh, the second time when people run, I don't know, I, I often compare well, it to— Well, maybe I'll get in the race. Would you vote for me? Yeah, I often compare it to dating the same girl twice. The second time yeah. around, maybe it's not as electric as the first time around. But yeah. we'll see what happens. Did you see the uh, Hillary supporter? What's her name? Jennifer Granholm? 
uh, serves as a senior advisor to the Ready for Hillary PAC. That would be the former governor of Michigan, I believe. That is correct. And uh, suggesting that uh, Martin O'Malley better watch his, his statements because he might lose a cabinet position. He's a nice guy. He's thinking he might make a nice member of the the, the Clinton administration. He better watch it, she said. I, I'm interested in O'Malley just because I want to see how far he pushes it and how far he decides to go in really turning up the heat. Because I think from a PR kind of news standpoint, I think he can get a lot of attention by be, playing that sort of gadfly role and taking off after her because there's really nobody else that's out there right now. Uh, how far he can get, that's a whole different story. But I think in the short term, he could certainly get a lot of attention in both Iowa and New Hampshire. It just depends how much he wants to turn up the volume and really try to, you know, take some jabs at Hillary Clinton directly. Speaking of jabs, Obama issued, what, his second veto of the year? Yeah, he blocked a, a Republican plan that would roll back a new federal rule from the National Labor Relations Board that dealt with the timing of union elections. A lot of Republicans and opponents referred to it as ambush elections. So this is his second veto of the year. It doubles how many vetoes he had in the first six years. And obviously the GOP would like to put on uh, put him on the record on a lot more in uh, the coming months. Well, that was my strategy when they got control of the Congress. I think they should do it absolutely positively. Yep. All right. They've got two in the first three months at this point in time. Jamie Dupree in Washington, the most Connected you, man, thank you. Toll free, it's 800-941-SEAN. All right, so you want to be a good neighbor. Your neighbor asks you to keep an eye on their house. They're going to be away on vacation. Every night you, you walk on by. One night the garage door opens. Three men come running out, stealing your neighbor's valuables. Then one of these thugs draws their weapon. You don't have time to think. You have a carry permit, and you have to defend yourself and your life. In the split second, your life has changed. This is real life. It's not a movie tra- trailer. It's not a TV show. And it actually happened to a fellow United States Concealed Carry Association member. Now, he survived. He ended up having to kill this criminal that was threatening his life. Now, as soon as that happened, the USCCA immediately stepped in for his defense. They posted his bail. They got him back to his family. They got the best attorney that money could buy. And in the end, thankfully, he was never charged. And he was able to protect himself and his neighbor and his family and his possessions. Now, if you have a gun in your house or maybe want one there, if you carry a gun, you've got to understand you need the protection that the USCCA membership uh, provides you. I'm a proud member of the USCCA, and they have a free guide that will arm you with everything you need to know before having a weapon in your home or carrying a weapon. Now, you can get it right now at Hannity4USCCA.com. That's one word, Hannity4USCCA.com. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue. And Mike Pence is coming up and more straight ahead. Breaking news straight from the source. Sean Hannity talks to the people involved in the big news stories every day. Sean Hannity. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 